0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad.
1: A day after Wake Forest season ends in dramatic fashion. NC State's season ends on day two in Greensboro. The ACC tournament underway big upset with Miami taking out Clemson after it upset Pittsburgh yesterday. We caught up with Matt Rule for the first time since the Senior Bowl. You'll hear from him shortly. And as decisive as the Packs 21-point loss to Syracuse was, I think North Carolina's matchup with Notre Dame in primetime tonight might be worse. I really do think the Tar Heels are going to bully the Irish inside to the point where they're submitting here as if it's a big UFC match. Robert was really disappointed with that pay-per-view last weekend. Uh, I, Until I watched them courtside last night, them being Notre Dame, I didn't realize how soft the Irish bigs were. I thought they were actually pretty good following them on paper. Lecheski, he's big. He could get inside. He could pop a three. Of course, you have Durham, who's been around. But Wake Forest worked them. And Wake's not a big team. Wake is one of the smaller teams in the league. They have to hit a ton of threes just to be able to compete in games. And last night... They jumped up and grabbed 17 of the first 18 rebounds. They were up 17-1 to 1 on the boards. 15 offensive boards in the game. They dominated Notre Dame on the glass. Yet they still lost the game. Give Notre Dame credit. They made the play at the end there. Steve Forbes, he didn't call timeout. I don't think it was that big of a deal. I had no issue with Wake Forest not calling time there. Davian Williamson's Wake's best player. They were on the same play, same page. Notre Dame just made a better play there. Uh, It's easy to, in retrospect, criticize Steve Forbes in that spot, but let's not get too far away from tonight's game at 9 o'clock, ACC tournament with Billis and uh, Shulman on the call. It's going to be the primetime game, and I think it's going to be a blowout. De'Ron Sharp, the last time Notre Dame and North Carolina met, 25-10 in the game. He was tremendous. He couldn't be stopped. North Carolina... How's this for a number? 49 rebounds to Notre Dame's 26. They they out-rebounded them by 23 boards. They had over 20 offensive rebounds. That's what North Carolina does. And they're going to dominate the night in the post. If Wake Forest can do that to the Irish, this North Carolina team, they should have no problems. But I know what you might be thinking. If you're a Tar Heel fan that's followed this team all throughout the year, Uh, Josh, what about that game? It was only a one-point win in Chapel Hill. And it's true. Leaky Black had to hit a running shot at the end, final minute, just to win that game by a point. But it also was on January 2nd. Think about how long ago that is. A couple of months. Anthony Harris, he had yet to play this year at that point. Uh, North Carolina, one of the younger teams in the ACC, They had not come into their own yet. They had just come off a loss, I think, to Georgia Tech at that point. North Carolina, they were not a team ready to contend in the ACC at that point. They didn't look like an NCAA tournament squad. Now, they've developed and and created an identity for themselves. They're comfortable with the way they're playing. At that point, we had no idea anything about rotations and players haven't quite figured it out yet. They still found a way to win the game. North Carolina is a lot better now than they were the last time they played Notre Dame. At that point, we didn't know GameStop would be such a popular stock out there. What's happened with GameStop since all that, Robert? You're an expert on the topic.
0: Uh, it crashed, it came back, and now it's uh, mounting up again, but it's probably going to have another crash when people sell off. Yeah,
1: I imagine that's how it's going to work. Roy Williams, I didn't realize this until I dove into some of the notes and some of the game notes that they give out here Uh, he owns Mike Bray I know the last time there was an ACC championship game in Greensboro, Notre Dame cut down nets facing North Carolina that was a really good Notre Dame team but since then, North Carolina's won 8 of the last 9 meetings Roy's Carolina teams versus Bray's Notre Dame teams, Roy's won 11 of the 15 overall They've met three times in the postseason, twice in the ACC tournament, splitting those, and once in the Elite Eight where North Carolina won it to get to the Final Four, the year that they lost in Houston at the buzzer to Chris Jenkins and Villanova. The Tar Heels should bully Notre Dame into submission. If Wake Forest can push them around, North Carolina should have no problem in the Coliseum tonight, advancing to tomorrow's primetime game where they would have Virginia Tech. As I mentioned, we heard from Matt Rule earlier today, and when he was asked about the Teddy Bridgewater rumors that have circled over the last couple of months, it was pretty obvious he was put into an awkward spot and didn't tell the whole truth. But don't just take it from me; you be the judge.
0: I, you know, I'm out in the community. People say things to me, ask me questions. I heard this team called you. I heard, and uh, not all of it's true. Some of it, you know, some of it about it can be true, but a lot of sometimes it's not true. So. Um, you know, Teddy, Teddy's a tremendous professional and tremendous Teddy's a tremendous person. And so, um, you know, he, I think he, he, I can't speak for him. I think he's controlling what he can control and, um, he's having a great off season. I'm sure I can't wait to get him back here. And I think he's, um, determined to play his best football next year. Um, as far as where he stands with us, I mean, he's our quarterback.
1: Yeah. Matt rules a really good guy. Let me start here. Usually when you start here, Robert, the rest isn't that great. It's like when your girlfriend comes up to you, you're dating, and she says, listen, I think you're a great guy, but it's part of the job description to lie. If you are the head coach of a college team, certainly for a pro sports team, if you're the CEO of a big-time business, Lying is part of the job. It's not an indictment on your character. It's just a fact. You have to lie. I'm not calling Matt Rule a liar, but I don't think he's telling the whole truth here. Because what's he supposed to say? When he's asked that question, Robert, how is he supposed to answer it? Yeah, we tried to get rid of Teddy to get Matthew Stafford, man. That's what we wanted to do. Deshaun Watson, let's go. There's no good way to answer the question, which is why I give him slack for what he said last year Um, when he said that Cam Newton's our quarterback at the Combine at a route this point before just a few weeks later, cutting bait and bringing in Teddy. I give Matt Rule a little bit of slack there, just like I'll give him slack here with Teddy. It's... Sometimes things are exactly how they seem. And that's what I think is happening in Charlotte. There are conspiracy theories wherever you want to look. If you want to find something that affirms your view, you can find it. It's my biggest problem with the media and those who consume it. That people are now seeking affirmation, not information. You don't really want the truth. You want something that, you know affirms your own truth, what you want to be true. And when that happens, you have conspiracy theories. In sports, in politics, in pop culture, you see it all over the place. And when that happens, all a conspiracy theory does is to try, it tries to overcomplicate something that seems pretty straightforward, that that seems to be very clear. With Carolina's quarterback situation, I think it's exactly how it seems. The reports you're seeing, they're not false. He even said, not all of it is true. When you say not all of it is true, you're acknowledging that some of it is. And that some of it, from really reputable reporters like Peter Schrager or Adam Schefter, suggests you're not so hot on Teddy. And other reporters I trust too, saying you're going heavy after Deshaun Watson when he becomes available. You're apparently leaving voice messages with trade offers on it because Nick Casario in Houston's not taking your calls. Tepper publicly, when asked about the quarterback position, said until you have your franchise guy, you're always reevaluating it. Which tells you, if you're saying that, you don't think you have your franchise guy now. And the response back from Matt, Oh, uh, you know, Teddy, he's just working hard. He's our quarterback. He was asked whether or not they've been communicating. He said, Ah, you know, it's like a dead period. I haven't been talking to him. We've been in touch. I know he's working hard. This isn't like college recruiting. You, you There's no rule saying you can't call your quarterback at any time. So something's afoot. There isn't a good relationship there right now. Teddy's a great teammate, but just because you're a great teammate, good enough to win the Rooney Award uh, at the NFL Awards banquet a few weeks ago, I guess it's about a month ago now, doesn't mean you you, you have to be happy with the way your management seems and your coaching staff seems uh, to be looking at other quarterbacks, to be looking for your replacement. I don't think the Panthers are wrong for looking for a replacement, but I don't think Teddy's wrong Being upset about it. I'm anticipating a change this year. At the start of free agency, I did not feel this way. Or excuse me, at the start of the offseason, right after the Panthers season ended, I didn't feel this way. I thought Teddy was the most likely quarterback to start game one for them. Later in September. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the most likely option, Carolina starting a rookie quarterback. I almost feel like Carolina sees more value in starting a rookie right out of the chute than starting Teddy at this point. And, of course, they're going to go heavy after Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Do you, do you agree with me on this, Robert? Do you think that's still the most likely scenario? If I said Teddy Bridgewater is the Panthers quarterback or somebody not named Teddy Bridgewater quarterback in the team in 2021, what is the most likely
0: For a majority of the games, I would agree rookie quarterback. But for the first game of the season, I would probably lean Teddy Bridgewater. I know they're getting OTAs this year. They're getting everything they didn't get last year because of the pandemic. But I still think week one, you're probably going to see Teddy. Unless in the preseason, this rookie quarterback just shows out. Mm.
1: We see rookie quarterbacks playing earlier and earlier. Gosh, how about that win by the uh, Miami Hurricanes today? taking out the Clemson Tigers and the nightcap tonight. You got Louisville. They're in action for the first time facing Duke, who I think had the second most, the second widest margin in the first round of the ACC tournament ever last night against Boston College. I feel like that game was a lot more about BC than it was about Duke. It's shades of North Carolina's historically bad season last year that Duke, or that North Carolina, blew out Virginia Tech on night one, only to get blown out by Syracuse the next night. That very well could happen with Duke, even though I think that's going to be the best game of the night. Then it's North Carolina, Notre Dame, in the nightcap. And as I said earlier, I think the Heels should really bully Notre Dame tonight. But what do I know? I picked Clemson to go to the championship game of the ACC tournament, and they're out on Wednesday.
2: Let's go, baby. What, kind of like this? (laughs) Let's
0: go, go, go! Back to the drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. So, they
1: call Greensboro, or at least some call Greensboro, title town. And a lot of it has to do with the tournament being in Greensboro, the ACC tournament, which is happening, of course, this week. But it's not just because of that. Because... UNCG, for the second time in four years, has now won the SOCON. Earlier this week, it was great to watch as the Spartans punched their tickets to the NCAA tournament, and we're now being joined by one of the most decorated players in the history of the Southern Conference. It is two-time SOCON Player of the Year, Isaiah Miller from UNCG, kind enough to join us here. Zay, we saw how emotional you were on the floor when the final buzzer sounded Monday. What were you thinking about in that moment? What do you remember?
3: I just, like, when that happened, when the buzzer just went off, I just, and I hit the floor, just all my emotions came out, and I was just thinking about all the hard work I did just to get to that point. Like, it was, I just started to yell and scream as my teammates just came and started dog-piling me, man. It was just something special, and I just knew you can, like, get that back.
1: When you get to your cell phone, who's the first phone call Monday night?
3: Uh first first call after I won the championship. Oh yeah. Oh my god, my mom. How would you describe
1: that conversation? Who was more emotional, you or mom?
3: Uh we both got on the phone yelling and stuff. She was with my brother. <laughs> we got on the phone yelling saying, Ah you know. But um it was just it was just I say it was more equal to it but my mom my mom she was at a game with it so after the game I caught her first
1: it's UNCG's Isaiah Miller with us here on Sports Hub Triad I remember when players get to the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl in the NFL's context early in their career they always think oh I'm going to be back again this is definitely going to happen because it's happened here before you never think that there's a chance you're not gonna get back to that stage. When you were a freshman and you make it to the NCAA tournament, did it ever cross your mind at about that point that it'd take three years to get back to the dance?
3: Uh I thought I, I didn't know it was gonna take this long. Yeah, just like you said. But uh I mean we here, man, we uh me and Caleb Hunter, my freshman year, we were staying at uh half court, Coach Miller. We told Coach Miller, and we told him we was gonna we were coming back here. No matter what happens, we we're going to come back here. And we, we kept our promise. It took two, two or three years, but we, we're here today.
1: He's on Twitter at Nike underscore Beast 23. Boy, man, you are a beast when you play. It's a lot of fun to watch. During I was doing some research on you, though. And while I was doing so, I found out that you won a dunk contest in high school. Which isn't surprising for anybody who watches you play. You were number two on SportsCenter's top ten plays just earlier this week. But this might be the most difficult question you get today. What do you think your most impressive dunk is? Most impressive dunk, Zach.
3: My most impressive dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in high school, I went between my legs and like did like a reverse like dunked in like reverse. So like between legs, reverse. But that was like in like practice. It wasn't like in like a dunk competition.
1: How do you think Coach Miller would react if you ever tried to do that in a game?
3: Oh my God, he'll probably I don't know. He'll probably pull his hair or something <laughs> out of his head. And just, just tell me just to do a regular dunk or a tomahawk. But uh, I mean, if I make it, he won't say nothing. He'll just he'll just he be like everybody else, like just shoot.
1: If you can only choose one of Wes Miller's traits as a coach, what sets him apart from other coaches you've been lucky enough to have?
3: Man, Coach Miller, man, one thing I would say, man, he is just so determined. Like He's so determined. He's not going to leave you short at all. That's one thing I love about him. He's not going to leave you short. He's not going to make you promises. He's going to give you certain opportunities that, that comes with the game and he's just not going to show you short. He's just going to coach his butt off.
1: What's the promise that he made to you that meant a lot that he followed through on?
3: Uh, his promise he gave me, he said he promised me he was going to put me on a certain stage where people can see me, and, uh, and he said he promised me I will grow at the end, at the end, of, my, uh, end of my career, and uh, that's what exactly what I did. What do you
1: say to those... Zay, we're being joined by Isaiah Miller of UNCG, who say you're the best player to ever play at UNC Greensboro. Uh,
3: as of right now, I tell them, I just like as people have been saying it lately. I just tell him I'm I'm still not done. Um, I mean it means a lot to be one of those players to be recognized as one of the best players to be at at UNCG or SoCon. But as I as I keep going, I'm trying to have this mindset of I'm not done. I still want to make more history here at UNCG. So uh, that's why I just tell everybody who's, who keep saying that.
1: <laughs> well, man, you're a good sport, and I really uh, look forward to watching you guys at in Indianapolis next week. It's Zayo Miller on Twitter at Nike underscore Beast 23, two-time SoCon Player of the Year. Best of luck, Zay. Thanks for doing this.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Josh.
1: You got it. Zay Miller, kind enough to join us here on Sports Hub Triad. Gosh, I What I hated about that interview, I didn't feel like I was as locked in as I needed to be because halfway through it, Hayes Permar walks in. He's just strolling in. He's offering Robert... What what drinks do you have in front of you here? I got bottled Sun Drop and
2: bottled Cheerwine. What else? Uh, it's it's nice, North Carolina. Yeah, you got Sun Drop. and well, you all right? <laughs> you got a lay on. Let's, let's Was that our lay that sitting here? Let's start. Let's start here. Okay, I know, and and this is no offense to you, Robert. Pace per from Sports Channel I don't know, where, I don't know where you went to school, Robert Josh Graham. I know you went to East Carolina. We so both I, went to East I, Carolina. Okay, sorry. Well, I don't expect a lot of you out of the ways of geography, but I can't <laughs> tell if he's like not smart or outright lying to me, Robert. He's like, oh yeah, studios right down the road from the college. It's just past Stamey's. You can probably walk there, you know? So all of a sudden, I'm in Kernersville, like, what? Blowing by the Coliseum, by the Corey Convention Center. I'm like, where are we going? Like, are we in Asheville? What am I going to the the SoCon? What's up here? And then, so so I finally take this exit, and I'm like, I've been here before. I've taken this exit before for a reason, and there is a gas station. It's a Sitgo, but it's called the Pop Shop. Back in the day, gas stations used to have more names. Now you just know about brand name, right? Yeah, the there's sheets. a
1: gas station that's right down the street from where I grew up. That's just like, uh, it's a, it's the E, the E store. That's yep. it. Yeah. I mean, but, there's a ton of them oh like Oh man, that.
0: there's one in downtown Winston I love that's the Gas Hopper.
2: Yes, but, but they have names. So this one was the pop shop because it specialized in not only gas, but it had glass bottled sodas. Then now it's kind of like a lot of people places have them. Rarely would you find them. So you could find bottled Sundrop, bottled Cheerwine, Wine, bottled RC Cola, a couple of knee high soda, I think, in there. All these at the pop shop, right at that exit. Is it, Was it 421? 66. So, so, well, yeah, yep. And
0: these is. aren't ponies either. Like these are big glass drinks.
2: That's glass. Soda tastes so much better. I've never had a Cheer Wine before. Well, you have a glass Cheer Wine and then you'll never be able to taste another one again. You've never
0: had a real Cheer Wine?
2: I've a-
1: never had Cheer Wine, period. How
0: and why is this I feel happening? like this is no longer your show.
2: I, I'm just <laughs> telling the truth. I've never had cheer wine before. And now you're basically like a hop, skip, and a jump to Salisbury. Actually, we might be in Salisbury for all that. As far as I drove past the Coliseum to get here, we might be in Salisbury. If you
1: need great pimento cheese, the best pimento cheese apparently in the state of North Carolina where it distributes all over the place, literally right across the street. And this is not the all exaggerated right. right down the street from the Greensboro Coliseum, I'm telling you. Mustard and Crutchfield. Go okay. grab yourself some of that. Can
2: I give you my other observations on the drive-in here? What's the other observation? Some observations
1: that's, on the drive-in on the drive with Josh Graham.
2: That's a that's a big U.S. flag you got there, Camping World. That flag? That is, I mean, like, I'm driving by and I'm like, please do not blow off the pole. It would swallow, like, me and the car behind me. That's a big flag. Thing is right there at Camping <laughs> the World. God World. bless him they Like I feel like I needed to pull there, over and sing the national
0: anthem. There, there is somebody listening to this right you, now, it's driving by it, who sees
2: exactly it's, what we're talking that's about. A large yes, flag. we're talking. We're talking about, about that, that flag. flag. Like it's it's eye catching. That is a large flag. Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. Is that a, a big, big flag. flag? That's a big flag. I don't know. I don't know if it's like cover a football field big. I don't know the comparison. My eye like when it's, you know, fifty feet up versus seeing it in person on the field. But that, that's that's a big flag. That's all I'm gonna say. All <laughs> right. And we can talk about whatever you want. I just had to get my observations. Shout out oh. to the pop shop, glass bottled sun drop and cheer wine, and shout out to Camping Worlds. All right, open large me flag. open
1: me up a cheer wine. I'm gonna try a cheer wine right now on the air. That's what I wanna do. Oh, whoa. Okay. I've never had cheer wine before. Garçon, is, is cheer a wine, wine. See, I'm demanding <laughs> like, it over here? Is cheer wine soda? What? <laughs> Does he deserve a cheer wine?
0: Actually, it, I don't know if he should drink it because it is part alcoholic. What?
2: No, no. that
1: would just my bad, my
2: bad, my <laughs> bad. I thought you. Oh, that would have been good. All right, I right. have a cheer wine for
1: the first time here. Oh, it's nice and cold too. Shouts yeah, to the Yeah, and it's pom- in job. a glass bottle. It's All fantastic. Right. All right, here we go.
2: Mmm. How have you never had this before? Oh, so it's like cherry coke. Not quite. It's different. Mm. That's, not, that's like saying Sundrop is like Mountain Dew. That's refreshing, Like man. they're in the same family maybe, but they're different.
1: It sounded like uh, Big Lebowski there.
2: Now put a maker's, little it's maker's mark. man. After the show, you mix it a little with a little maker's mark, and it's uh, you know, it's yeah. good. Well, not today because we're going watching to watch you Watching
1: basketball. Wake Forest lose last night. That was a real bummer, man. With uh, Sports Channel 8's Hayes Permar in studio. All
2: right, now what do you want to talk about? All right, I'm going to tell you what I want to talk about. my observations out of the way.
1: We'll tell you. I want to tell you. What ACC coach questioned whether or not I graduated high school? Next on The Drive.
0: What the hell is this? The Drive. This is kind of a great thing and I'll tell you why. Get caught up with all things sports. That's awesome. Well, that's not totally true. He talks about the bachelorette too. Yes! The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad.
1: Hayes Permar is playing an air piano right now because Ben Folds currently playing on our radio station. We're getting set for unusual questions here on Wednesday, ACC Tournament Week in Greensboro. I've seen Ben Folds a couple times, saw him in Winston. He's a Winston-Salem guy. Where'd you see him play in Winston? Uh, I saw him play at the Ramcat Theater right next to Wise Man Brewery. Um,
2: I also seen him play in Raleigh. I believe I saw him play at Ziggy's. Wasn't Ziggy's in Winston-Salem? Oh, yes. today? oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I believe I saw him play there. I've seen him play a number of times. I get some of them confused, but I think I saw him play there.
1: Man, this Miami game here. I don't want to rain on Robert's parade at all.
0: No, you're good. I only get paid for three of them. So you're good.
2: <laughs> this no tournament. Updates? We, we get updates about back-to-back timeouts. We don't get finals. Is that how this works?
1: Yeah, we got a final. Um, in Greensboro, the Miami Hurricanes messing around getting to Thursday, y'all. Boy, they beat Pittsburgh. Now they take out Clemson. And your everyday friendly radio host here in the triad had Clemson going all the way to Saturday. Ooh, that, so that's, uh, you're not going to win the pool with that one. No, I don't think I'm going to win the pool anymore. Look,
2: climate change is real. They told us the Hurricanes would be more powerful than, than expected. Good to no, know. Is that, no,
1: Robert, why didn't you project this in your bracket?
0: Because in my bracket, I assumed that a hurricane traveling over a lot of land to Pittsburgh would get downgraded to a tropical storm, and I thought that it would be able to not take the Tigers out, but it looks like it pulled the fur off.
2: I actually heard this segment yesterday. It's one of the more entertaining pieces of sports radio I've heard, and that's saying something because I do sports radio, uh, and it was way more entertaining than anything on my show. And I can't remember. I'd have to like go back and listen to it. one thing that I wanted to dispute. Maybe it was the... The turkeys versus yeah. the rams? The turkey yes. five versus turkeys the rams. versus five. Like rams. Your dad said it was harder to, that he'd rather fight turkeys than rams? No,
0: he would rather fight rams than turkeys. He thought he could punt the turkeys.
1: This seems like a good transition into right. Unusual Questions, a segment that Roy Williams gifted to us.
2: Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions. with Josh Graham. First of all, can we have a little ACC story time? Robert, you'll appreciate me on this. Josh Graham likes to breeze in here like he's been covering the league since 1975. Like, he'll claim, and be like, remember this? And he'll be like, wait a minute, when were you born? That was 1992. What, What year were you born? 93. Yeah, see? So Josh Graham comes in after working in Colorado, and he thinks he's the first person... Ever to get Roy Williams mad in a press conference, or to get called back out, called out the next time? Can I? Can I make my stand here? You ready for this? I,
1: doesn't it involve sweaters or something when you got no, this Roy was Williams different. charged up? No, no, up? That,
2: that was Ross Martin. I think you were in Colorado when this happened. It was State had beaten UNC the uh, first game of the year. I remember that. UNC was facing Duke, and I asked Roy Williams if he was afraid. That Duke was gonna be seen as a trap game, and that his guys would be looking ahead to the rematch, the revenge game against State. And he said, You know, he sort of gave me a, are you from here type thing? And they said, No, 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 we're focused. After they beat Duke, he comes rushing into the press conference and goes, Where's that guy that asked me if we were looking past Duke, baby? So just know the, the, the trail has been blazed before you for Roy Williams coming back to, uh, to call you out.
1: Robert, would you like to get us started with unusual questions? Send them in on Twitter at Sports of Triad at 336-777-1600.
0: Yeah, that works with me. Uh, If you can only keep one of these things uh, between kissing your significant other and cheese for the rest of your life, uh, which do you pick and why is it cheese? Because, like, kissing is great and all, but, like, I'm –
1: there are other ways to show
0: affection. Nah, I just ain't losing cheese. I don't give a <laughs> damn about kissing, to be completely honest with you. But you're going to tell me I'm not allowed to have Gruyere, no Parmesan, no cheeseburgers, no mac and cheese. I just won't kiss anybody no more, and that's a, that's okay with me.
1: I don't like cheeseburgers. I just eat hamburgers. I don't like cheese on my burgers. That's gross. Or I, I'm fine with cheese on my burgers, I should say. I prefer
0: hamburgers. Um, so you're still kissing your girl then?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna get rid of cheese.
0: Damn, man, you about to have some boring mac? You about to have macaroni?
2: That's it. I gotta go with. I'm not gonna elaborate on this for the sake of my relationship, but I gotta go with Robert. He's <laughs> right on this. Okay. There are other ways to show affection, and I'm not giving up cheese either.
1: Here's a question I have: Why are they called boo birds? Like you can flip the bird or you can boo people, but why are birds? The animal that gets attached. Is it simply because of alliteration? Well, then why can't we choose other animals that start with the letter B to be
2: boo birds? Boo bison? You, boo bulls? You want, I know what you want. You want blue, you, I can't even say it right. You want boo blow bears. You want booing cocaine bears, which is the alliteration with yeah, this. Boo blow bears. That's right. No. Why not boo bears? I uh, yeah, you know you always hear the peanut gallery, the boo birds. I wonder if that's just like an old saying that we just kept around. Like, was are you asking? Is there an actual type of bird referred to as a boo bird, and that's where it comes from?
1: Right, it's uh, you hear it. I think Howard Cosell started saying it on Monday Night Football decades ago. Oh, the boot birds are raining down. Well,
2: that's probably the answer. He probably coined the phrase.
1: He probably did around. coin the phrase, but why, why birds? If I'm a bird, I'm gonna be offended. Uh, I'm gonna be offended by this. Wait a minute. When you do, uh, when you flip the finger, something that has to be uh, censored on television, we get that,
2: and also the sound people make when they're mad. Come on. I like in uh, European sports when they whistle at you. Like for me, like whistling came up for us sounds like a sound of like cheery, like zippity doo da you know, whistling, yeah. Um, almost that would fit this music, but uh, but I like it when it when it's just like. <laughs> that was a bad call. <laughs> you just get all the whistling for at soccer matches. I like that.
1: Hayes, you got anything?
2: Yeah, I got an unusual question. Who was so bad at designing the state of North Carolina that we got all these cities the same name as counties? in a different place
1: I saw this tweet shout out to
2: Durham in Durham County you got it right like make things easy but Vance ain't in Vance County yeah Beaufort not in Beaufort County Davidson not in Davidson County Lenore nowhere near Lenore County neither Greensboro nor Greenville are in Greene County they don't even spell it the same Pittsburgh not in Pitt County (laughs) who is the ad like who did this Who named these places? Ridiculous. There's a lot. There's a long list of them that are like that. I think Hertford is in Perquimans County instead of Hertford County. How you have a Hertford not in Hertford County? How does that work?
1: That is such a ridiculous question. I don't have an answer. Who did this?
2: I want an answer. Robert,
0: give
1: me an unusual
0: question. I've got so many over here. I really don't even know where to start. But I guess I'll give you guys one. All right, give me
1: two then. Give me two more, and we'll have you close it out. Two here and we'll close it out.
0: Uh, is the Kool Aid man the pitcher or the liquid? <laughs> Cause, like, if he's the liquid and we have like a Krang from Ninja Turtle situation, I think that's too creepy for him to be advertising for like a child's drink.
1: I think it's both, right? right yeah, yeah, like, if exactly. you're if you're a, if you're a person. If you're a person, are you your blood or yeah. are you your
2: skin? No, you're. No, both. I'm a person. I'm the vessel inside of here. Nah, the uh, the glass is like a skeleton, and it happens to be see-through. It's a skeleton, and then the the. The liquid is his blood. I'm. I'm good. This one makes sense <laughs> <Yeah>. to me. <laughs> We're drinking his. It's an unusual question, but it's, I think we answered. Yeah, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, oh yeah. It's a good question. I'm glad you guys not, are. I think he's just one whole being.
0: I'm yeah. glad you guys are more confident about it. Than that is I a good am.
2: question. No, are we sure he's not wearing the glass? Like that's not his clothes. I see. It's okay. okay is he true? like My a figure, crab? Does I, I, he just like ditch I, that pitcher? I have an
1: unusual question <laughs> regarding the Kool-Aid man. Why is it red Kool-Aid? Like, that is my... That's not even in
2: my top five no, that, favorite the, Kool-Aid flavors. Kool-Aid, that's your original. That's the best. Like, not Fruit Punch, the cherry. Oh, get out of here. Not Fruit Punch, the it cherry. Makes, it makes your mouth red. No, it's no, not good. That, that's Kool-Aid. That's he what should Kool-Aid be purple. purple.
1: No. Nah. He oh should my be purple.
2: Nah. Ain't nobody out here buying... It's the, it's the, the purple stuff. There's a reason they don't call it Kool-Aid. <laughs> it's purple stuff.
0: Robert, I promised you one not more. brand
2: name.
0: Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you my... Uh, where the hell are all the seagulls at? Do y'all remember... <laughs> Like driving by Burger like, King, generically? no. Where I mean, the hell like, are okay, all the seagulls? Do you think a scene this is something that you. happened
2: in the, the pandemic? Is that what you're setting you're us up like, so for? Well,
0: I don't know if they went away because of quarantine and they're just chilling in their own little seagull places. But when I used to drive through Lexington McDonald's, there were seagulls all over it. Like it was happening to be at Myrtle Beach, the Burger King and Clemens, they used to live there. I named them. I would flick them fries every time. What did you name them? I, I mean, whatever, Gully. Seabreeze? Like whatever you would name a seagull. I this has been a minute. That's what I'm asking you. Where the hell is
2: Seabreeze at? What's the name what's the name of the seagull in uh Little Mermaid? Oh, uh See Buddy Hacking. I, I can the, easily text my. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> 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 that is an amazingly good off the cuff <laughs> impersonation of the Seagull. One more from time, one more time. That was incredible. Wah, wah. That is an incredible off the cuff seagull from Little Mermaid. It that cannot be topped. That was amazing. And to answer your question, I don't know where the seagulls have gone. Scuttle.
0: His name is Scuttle.
2: Scuttle. I knew he was Buddy Hackett. That's all I knew. (laughs) Where Where did all all the seagulls go? Now I feel like do. we have time to do a song parody during the break to do, Where have all the seagulls gone? (laughs) (laughs) I think
1: that'll do. Follow Hayes on Twitter at DHPIV. Go get to the Greensboro Coliseum. I'll join you later on tonight. Thanks so much for being here, Hayes.
2: As always, the pleasure is mine, sir.
1: North Carolina has Notre Dame tonight. I'll tell you why this game's going to get as ugly, maybe even uglier, as NC State Syracuse did earlier today. Thanks.
3: People got the popcorn? Let's
0: give them a show. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad.
1: Robert, you know the expression, man, you're just doing too much. People that try a little bit too hard. Well, that was me earlier today where I was at the Coliseum as NC State lost to Syracuse in the 8-9 game. We'll talk more about that and also Clemson's loss to Miami today. A bit of a surprise in just a bit. As I was sitting there at around halftime at the Coliseum, I decided I was going to jump in on the Matt Rule Zoom call. And during these calls, I'm sure you've had them, whatever job you're in. You see the you see the raise hand function. And you know, I had a question because I didn't see many people were asking questions at that point. They call on me, and for whatever reason, the microphone's not working. But I think I earned some brownie points from some being the only person on the Zoom call covering the Panthers at the ACC tournament while trying to cover NC State Syracuse as well. I don't think I earned that much. Credit from our next guest, though, Darren Gant, who's covered everything Panthers related for a very long time. A Hall of Fame voter who joins us from Panthers.com now has a story out the day, a couple stories out the day that we'll talk about in a bit. Darren, I was on with Coach Rule, but we were on the air as Scott Fitterer spoke to the media. What was your takeaway from what Fitt had to
4: say? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do feel compelled to break down you choking. Uh, on the zoom call i mean that's, that's all it was i mean you you short-armed the pass across the middle you made a business decision you airballed your free throw whatever you want to call the
1: it acc yeah, yeah. acc uh greensboro coliseum media or uh, the uh wi-fi let me down that's what happened
4: <laughs> oh poor craftsman blames his tools at any rate uh <laughs> no you know what it's kind of funny, and Scott doing the Zoom call this afternoon, I mean, he is, you know, he's kind of walking into a situation that is still not, you know, in a perfect world, you would start from scratch, but, you know, typically when you get hired to a job in the NFL, whether it's as a GM or a coach, it's not an ideal situation that you're walking into, or else there wouldn't be a vacancy. And he's kind of in a spot now where the Panthers are in kind of the in-between times. I mean, it's not a full rebuild. It's got the opportunity to be an okay team. Uh, but they've got a quarterback that they may or may not be in love with, and they may or may not want to be their starter on opening day. But, you know, at the moment, he's what they've got. So they've got to kind of build everything around that possibility. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's going to be – Scott is – I, I don't see Scott for the guy. I mean, the headline on his first press conference was "We'll be in on every deal." Well, now the headline is "We might have to ease into this thing a little bit." And he talked about free agency, and this year's such a different year, Josh. I mean, the salary cap's gone from one ninety-eight to million to one eighty. Uh, two and a half. And it's been going up over $10 million a year since 2013. So a lot of guys are going to be on the way out. I mean, it's like if you look away from your computer for an hour, you miss 10 guys around the league who were cap cuts. And those guys are filling up the market. And there's an opportunity for bargains uh, out there in this market. And that's what Scott said. I mean, and I just posted about it at Panthers.com. I mean, he basically said, because so many guys are getting squeezed by this shrinking cap, there's an opportunity to do some business down the road.
1: My theory is when you're a CEO, when you're a head coach for a major team, when you're a GM for an NFL franchise, certainly, you, it's part of the job description that you have to lie. It's part of the description. I think we talked about this before. That well, you know, it doesn't it's part mean... of the job description to obfuscate. You don't have to lie, <laughs> right? Well, let me let me put it a different way. Let me put it a different way. I think this is not an indictment on character. It's sometime, Ron Rivera is one of the best people you're going to find. He didn't tell us the whole truth about everything that happened with Cam. He didn't because it wasn't in the Panthers' best interest. And I think when Matt was answering the question about Teddy earlier today, there are some things that he said that technically might be true, but they fall into the same category, the little white lies you tell your significant other, that if she found out you phrased that way and knew the whole truth, she probably would be mad at you and be calling you a liar. So I'm not saying Matt Rule is a liar. But I'm saying that, you know, it's in these spots that are really awkward. Like you said, not an ideal circumstance for either Fitterer or or, uh, for Coach Rule. You don't tell the whole truth when it comes to these conversations, right?
4: Yeah, and in case anybody missed the video, which you can still see on Panthers.com, there's my second plug of the day. How about that? How about it? Um, You know, what Matt Rule basically said was, no, Teddy, those jeans don't make your butt look fat. Um, Yeah. Here's the thing. Were they thrilled with the way Teddy played down the stretch? No, they weren't. Uh, do they believe there were some mitigating factors like Chris McCaffrey not playing and having a little bit of a makeshift offensive line? Yeah. Do they think Teddy could be better? Sure. Would they be interested if Houston put Deshaun Watson on the market? Maybe. Uh, depending on the cost, would they be interested in drafting one? Maybe. But those, Two things, drafting or or trading for somebody, or things they can't control. So, I mean, Matt's in a spot of, even if he's not ready to walk down the aisle with Teddy Bridgewater right now, there's a real chance that that's his guy in September. So you can't, you know, be declarative in any one direction all the way. I mean, it's, you know, I, I think if Teddy's their quarterback, the job is to put all the pieces in place around him and hope Christian stays well and maybe draft you a last tackle, and then all of a sudden he looks a lot better. And you'd make progress as a team. But, you know, even if they wanted to throw him overboard, they can't say that right now because they don't have a replacement. Darren Gant
1: with us from Panthers.com on Sports Hub Triad. You just put out this story. You won't have to plug it because I'll plug it for you.
4: There you go. That's a good host. There
1: you go. Uh, I, I, I I said earlier today, and some thought it was a take, where I said, the Panthers weren't going to be extremely active in free agent free agency. Then I said that, yeah, that's the exact headline of the story that you wrote earlier today <laughs> for Panthers.com, that free agency won't be an extremely active time for the Panthers. And then after hearing Scott Fitterer speak, you were writing about slow-playing free agency. When you right. say slow-playing free agency, what exactly does that look like?
4: Well, I think what it looks like, again, with that entire middle class of veterans, basically, unless you're a star, um, if you are maybe a backup or making too much money and an average starter, you've got an opportunity to be cut in the next week by somebody around the league. I mean, just to throw hypothetical names, I mean, James Carpenter down in Atlanta, really a pretty good guard who Scott's got background with just got caught in atlanta because he's making too much money and i'm not saying he's the guy they're interested in but he's an example of that class okay you wait monday the legal tampering period opens everybody's calling and the agent's going to say yeah we want x million dollars a year and everybody, all right let me get back to you well you call around and you find five guys in that class and one of them wants x and in three days one of them might take x minus two and one of them might take X minus three, and you just keep working the phones. And and I think this market's going to work against players at every turn. I mean, guys like James Carpenter, who have been cut, are going to be out there with free agents, um, who, you know, honestly may have mixed resumes themselves. I mean, it's going to be hard for free agents out there to interject. In the to deal.
1: interject, though, when you're what you're saying right there has me thinking about Curtis Samuel because you talked to the cap guy in November and he essentially yeah. said that there there's very little chance Carolina's going to be right. able to keep both Moten and Curtis Samuel. Do you think where the cap number currently is, it was announced today, officially it's going to be $182 million, down a significant sum from last year, there's actually a scenario where Curtis Samuel might actually fit into the Panthers' budget?
4: Nope. I, I think people need to wrap their minds around the fact that Curtis is gone. I, I think he's going to have, whether it's Washington, whether it's New York, uh, with Gettleman, whether it's Jacksonville, somebody's going somebody's gonna to make a play for Curtis. And I think he's going to be on another roster before the end of next week. I mean, I just, I you know, they like Curtis. They value Curtis. They, I just don't think there's any way. I mean, with – you know, they need a left tackle. They need a starting cornerback. You can't invest heavily in a third wide receiver. I mean, that's just prudence. I mean, as much as they love Curtis and as much they as fa- they really maximized Curtis Samuel last year, I mean, they made the most of gadget player, third receiver, let him run around a little bit. I mean, Matt Rule and Joe Brady ought to be a place he'd want to be. But I think he's going to get offered money in one of, the, you know, probably one of those three places, or somebody else that's going to make it impossible for him to come back. I just don't think you can. Um, I just don't think there was any way, and I think they knew there was no way to keep both Moten and Samuel.
1: The best compliment I can give you, Darren Gant, with us here from Panthers. dot com, is that you make very complicated things in football seem really consumable, really easy to understand. When I read what you write. Which is why I, I, I'm going to put the ball in your court to tell me what the most intriguing, interesting thing with the salary cap currently is when you put together all the headlines we're seeing locally and also across the entire league. Dak Prescott and the way his contract is structured. The Panthers creating some space with the restructuring of McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson's deals. Yeah. All, all this rolled together, the, the actual cap number itself, what do you find most intriguing? Because salary cap talk on the radio doesn't generally play over great, but moving forward, what do you find interesting based on all these headlines?
4: Yeah, we're going to break down J.J. Jansen coming back as the long snapper and guard play in our next <laughs> segment to really drive your ratings in yeah. the ditch. Um, one thing I think is it would be helpful to remember going into this year. This is a unique situation. This is a one-time deal. The salary cap never goes down. It, I mean, it has never gone down. It's going down almost 10% this year. They thought the cap was going to be 210 if it would have kept climbing the way it had been climbing. They get 182.5 instead. But this is a one-shot deal. Broadcast contracts are going to be coming online in the next week. The league is going to be Scrooge McDuck backstroking in gold bullion by the end of the week. The 22 cap, the 23 cap, will normalize. It's going to go back to where it was. So this is going to be a unique situation. Players are probably going to have to take one-year deals when they don't want to get back into a normal market next season. And I do think that creates the opportunity for value. Now, it probably creates it for good teams rather than teams on the come-up. But it it does, I mean, if you get two weeks into free agency and you don't have a home, then all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, where can I go look good and position myself to get in the market in 22? And and I think there might be a receiver somewhere down the line who could be the cheaper version of Curtis Samuel. Or there could be a guard who's like, or, or somebody who's a backup tackle, maybe a guard, who comes in here and says, I can go to Carolina where they need a starter right now and play on an offense with McCaffrey, D.J. Moore, and, and Robbie Anderson and look really good for a year and put, position myself for a payday in 22. I, I think a lot of those short-term deals and a lot of those hold your breath and get through the next year things are going to be real curious to watch over the next week.
1: Robert, what's the concert you're on the fence for whether or not you want to go?
0: Uh, Billy Joel and Charlotte.
4: That's a hard pass for me. It's, it, that one's probably going to get pushed back, and they could keep pushing Billy Joel back for me. But uh, I'm still waiting to hear when the Stones are going to come back through. Keith and Mick and the boys have been holding a large sum of my money for about a year and a half, drawing interest on it. So I expect a really good show whenever they come back around.
1: Ballpark how much those tickets you paid for are. Ballpark it. You don't have to give us a figure. Maybe, like, tell us something that you might be able to purchase with that sum of money uh, if you didn't decide to put it into the stones.
4: Well, we got a block of four for uh, some friends to go. Uh, I mean, so, listen, I this isn't a humble brag. This is just me. I probably sound like a jerk, but, I mean, it's a mortgage payment, you know. <laughs> there you go. You know, I mean, it's not. I'm not proud of that, but you know, with those guys, and, and I mean, you, you and I nerd out about music all the time. One of the big disappointments for me of this pandemic, Chris Kristofferson, who I would love to see in person, announced during the pandemic he's not going to tour anymore on the other side of this thing, and that makes me sad because I'm never going to see him play live if that holds up. So, you know, the legends, the people you want to see when we get out of this thing and and wear your mask for another three, four months maybe, let's get along for the next little bit so we can all go see the show. But when we get on the other side of this thing, go see the show. It's always worth it to go see the show. You never regret the money you save by not going to see the Rolling Stones.
1: He's on Twitter at Darren Camp. Shoot him a follow there, and also you can nerd out music-wise with him too.